Amen. Welcome to the house of the Lord. It's great to be with each of you today. I was glad when they said unto me, let's go to the house of the Lord. Amen. If you have your Bibles, you can open up to the book of Acts, chapter 16. Beginning at verse 16. Now it happened as we went to prayer that a certain slave girl possessed with a spirit of divination met us, who brought her masters much profit by fortune-telling. This girl followed Paul and us and cried out, saying, These men are servants of the Most High God, who proclaim to us the way of salvation. And this she did for many days. But Paul, greatly annoyed, turned and said to the Spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out that very hour. But when her masters saw that their hope of profit was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace to the authorities. And they brought them to the magistrates and said, These men, being Jews, exceedingly trouble our city. And they teach customs which are not lawful for us, being Canadians, I mean Romans, to receive or observe. Then the multitude rose up together against them, and the magistrates tore off their clothes and commanded them to be beaten with rods. And when they had laid many stripes on them, they threw them into prison, commanding the jailer to keep them securely. Having received such a charge, he put them into the inner prison and fastened their feet in the stocks. But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's chains were loosed. Our God is a deliverer. This girl set free on this very day. Paul and Silas going about doing the good works of the Lord. And by the Spirit of the Lord, Paul sets this girl free in the name of Jesus. He commands that the Spirit be driven out of her. And the Spirit came out that very hour. This girl's masters were angry because their hope of profit was now gone. They couldn't make money off her bondage anymore, any longer. And so Paul and Silas are beaten with rods and they're thrown into prison. The Bible says that her masters saw that their hope of profit was gone. This girl was loosed from her affliction. This girl was released from her bondage. She was changed, and the change was evident. You see, the masters of this girl only cared about profit, even if it meant the girl remained in bondage. And isn't it true that the enemy loves to profit 
from bondage? Hadn't they made enough off of her? I wonder how long this had been going on for. I wonder how much profit had been raked in, brought in. But the Lord put an end to it that day. The Lord delivered this girl. Going about doing the good works of the gospel, and they get beaten with rods. Many stripes laid on them, and they're thrown in prison with their feet fastened in the stalks. The very ones whom God used to bring deliverance to a possessed girl now find themselves in need of deliverance. What do you do when you need deliverance? Try and figure a way out. Try and plan an escape. Give up. Just accept the prison term. What should we do when we need deliverance? Verse 25, but at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. The Voice Bible, picture this, it's midnight in the darkest. In the darkness of their cell, Paul and Silas, after surviving the severe beating, aren't moaning and groaning. They're praying and singing hymns to God. The prisoners in their adjoining cells are wide awake, listening to them pray and sing. And the message paraphrase reads, Paul and Silas were at prayer and singing a robust hymn to God. The other prisoners couldn't believe their ears. You see, this was not normal behavior for prisoners. This was unexpected. This was atypical. In fact, it was peculiar. No wonder the prisoners were listening. No wonder they were wide awake. No wonder they couldn't believe their ears. I wonder if our imprisonment wakes people up, keeps people up, causes them to wonder. You see, moaning and groaning gets the attention of others, but this is expected behavior. Paul and Silas weren't your typical prisoners. We're not to be typical prisoners either. So picture this. It's midnight in the darkness of our cell. After surviving the severe beating, we aren't moaning and groaning. We're praying and singing hymns to God. The prisoners in adjoining cells are wide awake listening to us pray and sing. Paul and Silas knew a few things. Like what, you ask? How about Genesis 50, verse 20? But as for you, you meant evil against me. But God meant it for good in order to bring it about as it is this day to save many people alive. 
These men in need of deliverance. You see, these men knew how to combat the spirit of heaviness that would have loved to become their prison wear. These men knew to rejoice in suffering because it produces what? Endurance. These men knew to count it all joy when we fall into trials of various kinds. What a joy to share in Christ's sufferings that we may also rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed. And so, instead of plotting an escape, they were praying and singing. This was not normal. They didn't need to figure this out. They didn't need to plot a way out. Why? They were content with the will of the Lord. I'm reminded of the spirit of three men in the Old Testament that were facing a trial. Daniel chapter 3, verses 18, 17 and 18. If that is the case, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace. And he will deliver us from your hand, O king. But if not, let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the gold image which you have set up. You know what Paul and Silas knew? They knew the power of prayer and praise. I wonder if we truly understand the power of prayer and praise. If we acknowledge the power of prayer and praise. Listen to the text, Acts 16, verses 25 and 26. But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. I'd like to suggest that there are other prisoners listening, listening to us. Suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's chains were loosed. You see, these men knew that mountains quake at the presence of the Lord. The mountains melt like wax at the presence of the Lord. They knew that praise brings down walls. They knew that prayer opens doors, and they knew that praise loosens chains. Let us be reminded today of James 5.16. It says, the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Paul and Silas weren't anxious. Why? Why? Because as it says in Philippians 4, verses 6 and 7, be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. You know, I don't know what they were singing, but it could have gone like this, Psalm 34, 1 to 3. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make its boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear of it and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. The Passion Translation reads, Lord, I'm bursting with joy over what you've done for me. 
My lips are full of perpetual praise. I'm boasting of you in all your works. So let all who are discouraged take heart. Join me, everyone. Let's praise the Lord together. Let's make him famous. Let's make his name glorious to all. Paul and Silas are going about doing the good works of the gospel. The enemy didn't like it. A girl is released from bondage, set free. Spirit commanded in the name of Jesus to exit. These men are taken and they're beaten. They're doing the work of the gospel. They find themselves in a prison cell in need of deliverance. You see, Paul and Silas didn't let their situation and circumstance have its way with their prayer and praise. How many let their situation and circumstance dictate their prayer and praise? All of a sudden, the prayer and praise turns to moaning and groaning. That gets the attention of the other prisoners, but that's expected. But prayer and praise, that'll wake some people up. They took notice. They were listening. They turned that prison into a house of prayer. They turned that penitentiary into a house of praise. You know what they knew? The midnight hour belongs to the Lord. One thing I know is that the Lord's mercies are new every morning. And the last time I checked, the day, the next day begins when the clock hits 12 a.m. Lamentations 3, verses 22 and 23. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed, because His compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. Look at these men. At midnight, the text reads, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's chains were loosed. I love that it says all the doors were opened. All the chains were loosed. Look at the power of prayer and praise. You say, I love the morning. It's the night I can't endure. Yes, you can. Psalm 92, verses 1 and 2, it is good to give thanks to the Lord and to sing praises to your name, O Most High, to declare your loving kindness in the morning and your faithfulness every night. Psalm 23, 4, in the voice, even in the unending shadows of death's darkness, I am not overcome by fear because you are with me in those dark moments. Near with your protection and guidance, I am comforted. How about Psalm 74, 16? The day is yours. The night is also yours. Psalm 139, verse 12. Indeed, the darkness shall not hide from you, but the night shines as the day. The darkness 
and the light are both alike to you. You say, well, if, uh, if only I had a nightlight. How about this? Psalm 27, 1, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Listen, Paul and Silas are examples. Examples for you and I. Paul and Silas serve as examples, so let it read like this. But at midnight, we were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to us. There are people listening to us. When we find ourselves in a place where we need deliverance, what do they hear? What's the fruit of our lips? Is it moaning and groaning, complaining against God? Look where going about doing the good works of the gospel got me, Lord. They counted it all as joy. And they turned that prison into a house of prayer. That penitentiary into a house of praise. Trying to figure things out. Trying to figure a way out. Words of David Wilkerson, dear saint, you have to arise in the spirit and get your eyes off your circumstances and bondage. Don't try to figure it all out. Start praising, singing, trusting God, and he will take care of your deliverance. Is there any room for moaning and groaning in prison? Sure there is. If it's like it says in Romans 8, 26, Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses, for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. You can groan all you want. If it's according to Romans 8, 26. Acts 16, verses 26 to 34 Suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's chains were loosed. And the keeper of the prison, awaking from sleep and seeing the prison doors open, supposing the prisoners had fled, drew his sword and was about to kill himself. Paul called with a loud voice, saying, do yourself no harm, for we are all here. Then he called for a light, ran in, and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. What a turn of events. And he brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? Not get back in the cell, let's lock this place up. He had witnessed the power of God. What must I do to be saved? So they said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. You and your household. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all who were in his house. And he took them the same hour of the night and washed their stripes. And immediately he and all his family were baptized. 
Now when he had brought them into his house, he set food before them and rejoiced, having believed in God with all his household. I want to ask this question this morning. I believe the Holy Spirit would ask this question this morning. Would we linger in our place of imprisonment in order to truly set someone free? Doors are open. Chains are loosed. Let's get out of here. Take off running. You see, Paul and Silas didn't run. They took the Lord's deliverance as an opportunity to deliver yet another person. Would we linger in the place of our deliverance? There's more being said here than what's just being said here. Listen to the Spirit. Would we linger in our place of deliverance? Someone else might be delivered. Because they didn't take off, a man put down his sword and didn't commit suicide. How would the story have read if they would have took off running? Lord, you delivered us. Let's go. Let's get out of this place. Because they didn't run, a man put down his sword. He may have killed himself that day if even one prisoner was lost. Because they didn't take off, a hopeless man had someone to talk to. Because they didn't take off, a desperate man had the gospel presented to him. Because they didn't take off, look what happened. Sirs, what must I do to be saved? So they said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved, you and your household. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all who were in his house. And he took them the same hour of the night and washed their stripes. And immediately, because they didn't take off, he and all his family were baptized. Now when he had brought them into his house, he set food before them, and he rejoiced, having believed in God with all his household. Listen, because they didn't take off, this man and his entire household believed in God. And perhaps the lesson is simple. Don't be so quick to run when the Lord delivers you. He might just want to use you in the place of your deliverance to set others free. The Lord wants to use us in the very place of our deliverance. Let's not be so quick to run and try and find a different environment to minister in. You've been delivered there. Now let the Lord use you to bring deliverance to others. I wonder if any of the other prisoners gave their lives to Jesus because two men turned the prison into a house of prayer, the penitentiary into a house of praise. Eternity will tell. I want to encourage all of us here today, let's turn every prison into a house of prayer. Let's turn every penitentiary into a house of praise. Let's not try and figure it all out. Let's start praising, singing, trusting God. He will take care of our deliverance. 
And when prayer and praise usher in God's great earthquake that shakes foundations, opens doors, and loosens chains, let us be used of God in the place of our deliverance to set people free. You know what the Spirit's saying today? There's a pulpit that needs filling in the place of deliverance. Why are we so quick to run to find another place to minister? God wants to use you in the place of your deliverance to bring deliverance to others. You can have the worship team return. Prayer and praise at midnight. In a prison, the other prisoners couldn't believe their ears, the text. The text reads, and then Paul and Silas's warden, God Almighty, makes a move. And the doors open. And all the chains are loosed. Why didn't the other prisoners run? I don't know. Maybe it was that they could now hardly believe their eyes. Ears to hear and eyes to see. Has it ever happened to you as you've gone about doing the will and work of the Lord that the devil starts harassing you? Has it ever happened to you? The devil starts working on you because he doesn't want to let anybody go. Further words of David Wilkerson, it's not enough to be grieved by the attempts of Satan to harass you. In Acts 16, Paul was grieved, meaning disturbed, troubled. He allowed it for many days, but the Spirit of God welled up in Paul, and he said to the demon power, that's it, that's enough. In the name of Jesus, be gone. Beloved, We take too much from the devil. There comes a time when we too must stand up in the power of the Holy Ghost and say, enough, that's it. I command you in Jesus' name to go. When you take authority and command devils to flee, Satan will come at you with everything in his arsenal. Just after Paul had cast out the demon, cast the demons out of a possessed girl, Satan started stirring things up. He inflamed the crowd against Paul and Silas, and suddenly they were in a terrible crisis. The city magistrates had them whipped and cast into prison, and with every stripe on their backs, I can hear the devil saying, so you think you won the victory? You think you're going to cast out my demons and take authority over me? But you know what the devil didn't know? The devil didn't seem to know that the more you whip up a servant of God who walks in the Spirit, the more praise you whip up from him. If you throw him in a crisis, tie him up with problems and troubles, he'll sing, shout, and worship. And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises to God, and the prisoners heard them. If we are to walk in the Spirit, then we must believe God for supernatural deliverance from every bondage of Satan. It doesn't matter if God has to create an earthquake to do it. That is exactly what he did for Paul. time the servants of the Most High God proclaim the way of salvation.
It's time we get a little holy annoyance going on. It's time we pull the prophet from the devil's hand. It's time we exceedingly trouble our city. Can we receive that today? It's time we exceedingly trouble our city. I want to ask any troublemakers in the house of God today. It's time. It's time. I trust you can receive this word. And I don't know where your place of deliverance is. I mean, we could hear stories of, of your place of deliverance. I just believe the Spirit is saying simply today, God wants to use you in your place of deliverance to set others free. Don't be so quick to run and find another place of ministry, another spot to minister in. Let God use you there. Don't take off. You don't know the miracles waiting. The lives can be changed and transformed. Don't take off running. Let the Lord use you. Amen.